Totem Talks, Totem Talks, Totem Talks, Totem Talks. It's the greatest podcast in the land. <laughs> I'm so upset that we didn't listen to that song. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, it's such a great song and we did not get it. Dude, we I, li- I literally could name like probably five or six of her songs, zero of them <laughs> on the albums. Hey, yeah. whatever. It's good to experience new stuff. Sure. But I was I was very confused. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome in everybody to season six, episode three of the Totem Talks podcast. Uh, it, this is Totem Talks. I'm Pat. With me is, as always, Nick. That is correct. And we have uh, Spot with us today. Spot is uh, yeah. Nick's invisible friend. He's on That's camera correct. with him right now, and uh, he'll be contributing I'm plenty vastly. of space for him. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, how are you doing today, Nick? Oh man. I how don't was even your... know where to begin. <laughs> how was your week of listening? My week of listening? Well, it depends. My podcast listening or my other listening? Your podcast I listened to listening. a couple of great albums this I'm week. I'm sure you did. Are you, uh, you my are podcast listening was a, a mixed listener. bag. It was a mixed bag. There, the highs weren't very high. The lows weren't crazy low. Um, well, I mean, we'll get into it more. How, how was yeah. your week of listening? Do you, do you feel similarly going into this? I feel... I feel like I had a good week of listening based okay. on expectation versus reality. Okay. Uh, and, and that is surprising. Sure. I was honestly, I was expecting, you know, Nick's about to say who we're doing, but we're doing, I am. this is the battle of the country legends. Which and so not, generally speaking, not really the genre that we're known for. <laughs> yeah. We're not known as strong uh, country music lovers. Right. And we definitely were, were. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed parts of it. Excellent. That's what I'll say. Good. Uh, so, Nick, why don't so, you go yeah, into some detail? Uh, without any further ado, we're going to start things off with Dolly Parton. And she is matched up this week against Waylon Jennings. So, so a couple of pretty heavy hitters here. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, we Country legends, as we said. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, want to get started in on Dolly right away? Yeah, you ready of course. For it? I'm ready for it. What I'm gonna do because I will, I will one day remember is silence, silence my your phone. Damn phone. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Look, honestly, that's how you know we're not doing multi- more than one take of this. No, absolutely. Not. <laughs> we're, this is just happening all the way through. All right. So yeah, I'm gonna get started with uh, with the queen herself, Dolly Parton. So Dolly Rebecca Parton is an American singer, songwriter, actress, philanthropist, and businesswoman. Yes. And she has been active officially uh, from 1956 until the present day. So we covered... Solid run. Yeah. (laughs) We covered three articles, or three articles, three albums from Dolly. Uh, We started with Hello, I'm Dolly, which came out in 1967. Yes, and was of course mentioned... On our 1967 series, second yes, week in a row, where there was a debut album by an artist we're now covering. Yes, and for more, uh, please go back and check that out, our year in review for the year 1967. We released one uh, every month of last year, Right, uh, leading into it. Yeah, in honor of the 55-year anniversary of 1967. Which is... That was what we were thinking. One of the most important. Indeed. If I had the 55 button, I'd push it right <laughs> now. I was ready. That's that's hurting me. I went to go push it, and I realized that the SD card is not in the uh, mixer right now. All right. Because somebody had to edit an episode. Ugh. Idiot. What a Idiot. loser. <laughs> anyway, after Hello, I'm Dolly from 1967, we went with Here You Come Again uh, from 1977. I will say there were a couple choices here for which album we could pick as our quote-unquote most successful, uh, but I was torn between them. I asked Nick which one he listened to. He picked Here You Come Again, which was one of the choices and therefore was the one we picked. Mm -hmm. And then we closed things out with 2022's Run, Rose, Run, which which was very interesting. Yeah, I could not believe the story behind that when I read it. I was like, wait, what? Very, very interesting. So I will get into that a little bit. Uh, But Nick, do you want to go first with Hello, I'm Dolly? I do, actually. And I will tell you this. This is arguably my favorite listen of the week. Um, it's it's either this or there's one other one that's sort of in contention. But this was probably my favorite album we listened to of the six this week. Uh, I felt like it started off really strong with the song Dumb Blonde, which was definitely one of her biggest hits of, of her early career. I was a little bit sad to see that she didn't write that one. Yeah, But 
that's one of only two songs on the record that she doesn't have at least um, partial writing credits on, which is really awesome uh, for, for for like someone, an artist in their very early 20s, just starting up, just getting into the industry. And let's not pretend that they're wasn't especially at this time some like sexism in the industry and i was about to say for a woman in the 60s women to writing their own songs like absolutely like i love that she did that 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 was really really uh important for me and i think that she does for the most part a very good job on all these songs i mean one that she wrote entirely on her own something fishy was that actually the highest charting single from this album it reached number 17 uh and i thought that song was pretty funny like i i enjoyed it it was it was good not too campy or anything like that, but a little bit. Uh, there was one time where I where I did just start laughing hysterically during this record, uh, which is the song "I Don't Want to Throw Rice." About yeah, Adele my Slover. favorite song on the album. When she starts talking about I don't want to throw rice, I want to throw rocks at her. I want to just yeah. I want to kill her. I was just like, what? <laughs> Literally, not control the laughter. I was laughing so hard, and my notes were. Dolly Parton goes hard on this album. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Exactly. And, and like I have mostly all good things to say. I think the album maybe if you were going to critique it for staying in its era, but it, but it, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like it definitely sounds like 1967 in, in country music. Like I totally get that. But I think that's a good sound. Like I like the sound of that that record, the overall timbres of it. I like the sound of the the production on the finished product. One thing though. Yeah. And and it was Mostly on this album, and I didn't really notice it on the other ones. So Dolly Parton, we she's famous. She has a voice that people have heard before. Yeah, she sounds she sounds like a child singing. Like she sounds like a little kid singing. And so at first on this record, what her voice sounded like to me was instead of a woman with a child's voice singing, it sort of sounded like it was a man singing. And then they did the Alvin and the Chipmunks trick to like artificially raise the voice like an octave and a half. And I was like, oh, my God, what is? Oh, okay. She just she just sounds like a child. Like, that's just her voice. She sounds like she's perpetually nine years old. Yeah. So she does have that voice. Yeah. But I didn't. And I was like, at first, I was like, oh, no, I'm never going to get this chipmunk thing out of my head. But after this album, I didn't notice notice it being an issue. Sure. Cool. Uh, So listen, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, First thing, I did already know this, but the album cover really showcases that Dolly Parton was a beautiful woman. Sure. Uh, I mean, still is, but different beauty now. Yeah. More beauty and grace. But I mean, she was she was a cutie. Uh, So now going into the music, which I think is even more important. And (laughs) I, I can't stress enough how amazing it is that she wrote all but two of these songs. It was my first note. It was yep. super impressive. 1960s, that barely happens for anybody, totally. especially in country music and especially for a woman. Mm-hmm. Like those three things. are It's like the trifecta of I'm having all my songs written for me or I'm performing standards. Right. And for her to come out with an album of 12 songs and she wrote or co-wrote 10 of them, awesome. And then second off, they do inject two things. A lot of them inject like cheeky humor. And like they don't they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. But also like there are some legitimate emotional moments which still hold up. I mean, I know the actual music itself does sound a little dated to the time, although like you, I don't think that's a problem. Exactly. For me, 50, probably 1950 to 1970 is where I like country music the most. A (laughs) hundred percent. So I don't find a problem with that at all. And. I just think she does so well. But I mean, in songs like I Wasted My Tears Mm -hmm. uh, or even I Don't Want to Throw Rice, like it's funny, but there's some real emotion of like anger and like scorn. And it's, you know, it's done in a funny way, but there's real emotion there. And I'm I'm impressed. And I think there was like a I didn't really mention this, but I think the first track because she didn't write it. But your old handyman, which is a second track, like fairly strongly feminist messages to those songs which was pretty cool to hear again in the 60s yeah like i it doesn't surprise me because i know who dolly parton Mm -hmm. is yeah so like i have you know 50 years worth of the pedigree of dolly parton so when i hear this i'm just like of course it's dolly right but i mean four people in the time that's i'm impressed Agree. Uh, so I'll take it into Please. Here You Come Again. So it's 1977 now. This is more of the pop country era. 
of Dolly Parton than like pure Americana country. And you're still getting a good chunk of Dolly writing. Uh, you're not getting as many, though. There are some covers on here, including the title track, Here You Come Again, yeah, which was not written by Dolly. But yeah, you're still getting some. Wheel. I mean, that's like such a yeah. huge songwriting team. Sure, which uh, could have been what I picked as my Six Degrees of Totem Talks. We'll find out. I mean, yeah, they're they're everywhere. I know, but we I remember specifically we discussed them multiple times. Oh, yeah. Uh, but regardless of the fact that you are getting slightly less writing, Dolly, I think as a singer, she's stronger. Her voice has deepened just enough um, because I went back and compared one track to one track just to confirm. Yeah, it's just just deep enough that you don't quite get that weird childlike sound mm-hmm. yeah uh, which also could maybe just be like the recording equipment's a little better who knows it's could 10 be. years difference she's also went from 21 to about 31 right. you know your voice changes over time i enjoyed this one probably a little less just because we're outside of my like golden age of country music that i like to listen to but i find nothing wrong with it I find nothing wrong with this. Maybe there's a little bit of cheese happening at times, that country cheese that rolls in, which, again, is part of the reason I don't love it as much musically. But I don't have any real, like, abject complaints for it, I guess is what I'll say. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, my complaints right away start with the fact that she only wrote uh, four of the songs on this record. True. Like, I will say the four that I felt were maybe a little stronger overall. I enjoyed the four that she wrote. Sure. Um, I mean, it's so much poppier now. Like, yes. this is just like the late 70s. This is the era when disco is popular. This type of like cheesy singer songwriter thing is going to happen. Um, like you said, I thought her voice was more developed at this point, and that definitely helped. But I didn't like the style of music nearly as much. I didn't like the individual songs nearly as much. Um like it, it was kind of interesting to me. They they leaned into the little kid sound on the song "Me and Little Andy," where she kind of sounds like a child. And I like totally got the message and the story of it, but I didn't love just the the sound of it at sure. all. Like I like I like the first record a lot better than this one. Um, and a lot the the style of music behind it is the main reason. I just this doesn't do anything for me. I'll gladly listen to "Hello, I'm Dolly" like voluntarily on my own many more times over the course of my life. I'll never listen to any of these songs again. And that's totally fair. Yeah. Honestly, I will say for Hello, I'm Dolly, it makes me interested to go back and listen to maybe some more of her, like I would, her first I would two or three. Totally do that. I absolutely yeah. will do that. Like, I, it definitely got me intrigued enough to li- go back and listen to those other albums of that era. This, I never, I'll never listen to like 70s <laughs> records from her. No, I'm sure, done. Sure, that's good. fair. Well, and how about I don't have 2020s? To. I can go to 2020, yeah, 2022 for Run Rose Run. Which the first thing I read about this record, yeah, it was a companion record to a novel that she co-wrote with James Patterson. Yeah, what? It yes. I mean, like, I don't even this. Put your conspiracy hat on. Okay. James Patterson is not a human being. James Patterson is like thirty-five different guys uh, and gals who are all writing the same exact formulaic like action. He writes at such a thriller books of like. Literally, you go to any Barnes Noble and you will see an entire shelf that is just dedicated to all the different James Pattersons. Like, it's it's insane. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's got ghostwriters. Like, I'm 99% sure. Like, conspiracy hats off aside. Like, he, like, writes outlines and then hires other people. Like, sure. there's one of the, like, uh, modern composers who does this. I forget who it is. I don't want to just besmirch anyone's name. But like one of those guys who not like um, are you thinking Millie Vanilli? It's you're so close. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna say Hans Zimmer, but I don't know if this is true. So like, don't don't take say, this with like, a grain of salt. Take it with a huge grain of salt. But like, there are definitely like some major allegations that someone like that it could be him, it could be somebody else actually like maybe comes up with some vague ideas of of the music and then like sends it off to the team of ghostwriters that actually does the composition and records everything. So, well, I actually found out recently, uh, which, which wouldn't surprise me if it ever comes out that mm -hmm. this is like James Patterson's thing of, of uh, an author imprint. Okay. So an author imprint is, uh, I actually found out because I don't know if you know who Rick Riordan is. Uh, Uh, He wrote the Percy Jackson series. Okay. That's like a young adult popular series. 
and he writes he writes a ton of different mythological things. So he did Greeks, he did Roman, uh, he did Norse, like different like young adult novel series about each mythological sanction. And recently he's been doing this thing, which I just saw, uh, where instead of writing novels, because he's like, I basically can only write two novels a year. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's working with uh, Disney Hyperion, and it's just a group of uh, imprints. So it's like presented by Rick Riordan, and then it's another novel. So it's basically like Disney Hyperion's publishing things yeah. with like presented by Rick Riordan. That are young adult mythological novels, right? Interesting. So, like, it wouldn't shock me if if one day, yeah. it came out that James Patterson was just imprinting all these novels yeah, secretly, for sure. But anyway, um, this follow the the music is designed to be, um, you know, a companion piece to the book. I haven't read the book, so I can't really comment on how they work together. Um, I don't know. This just. It wasn't bad to listen to. Her voice held up pretty well. She just sounds like an elderly child now, like a very elderly child. What an interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. But that's what she sounds like because she still has her, her children's voice. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think some of the, the songs that leaned more into the bluegrassy aspect of it were the stronger songs. But there were also some songs like Big Dreams and Faded Jeans that could have just been like an old Dominion song, but Dolly Parton sang it. Like there was some what I would call pretty like cliche and and not very clever or hard worked on lyrics to a lot of these songs. But then there were other ones that were a lot more solid and listenable. I also think that the difference in production, like the perfection and clean perfect clean sound that you get on these songs from the modern recording studio doesn't serve her music nearly as well as the like less sophisticated analog recording of 1967 like i even though this album is much like quote unquote better produced like better technology cleaner more perfectly done i don't think it sounds as good or as human as the the recording that she made in 67 there's something about being like just a little less than perfect that I think makes it sound better. Yeah. It's what sets you apart. Yeah. Now, first, what I did before I listened is I read some reviews for the album or for the novel, which has been getting really good reviews. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I was reading something. I mean, people are enjoying the novel. Most good. people enjoy James Patterson works. They're like sure. thriller suspense, blah, blah, blah. Right. They're for everyone. Yeah. And it's definitely like Run, Rose, Run is about uh, basically like. It seems to me like James Patterson worked with Dolly Parton to create a thriller out of the beginning of her career. Sure. Like, young girl moves to Nashville, pursues her career in country music, and then shenanigans. Right. So I find that very interesting. It it has gotten good reviews. The album itself has gotten reasonably good reviews. It has. You know, the least I've seen is three stars, but it's gone as high as four and a half stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, An eight out of ten from Clash. Sure. You know, a lot of people are just weighing it on its own merit, which I find a little odd. Yeah. Because there are some people that are like, it's weird that Dolly's playing it safe instead of like giving us the late life record we want. Mm. And I was like, well, it's not. That's I mean, not that type, it's, it's just a different type of project. Right. It's, just a it's a different, different art project, yeah. which I find enjoyable and yeah. creative. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't take points away for it not being that like reflective. Right. You know, inward looking thing that uh, another fun thing. Uh, So Dolly is going to produce and star in a film adaptation of the novel under Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine uh, production company. That sounds like the kind of thing Reese Witherspoon would do. Totally. Yeah. Uh, And she does love Dolly Parton. So. Sure. But yeah. And as far as the music goes, I agree with everything you're saying. At times, a little cliche has some good moments, uh, enjoyable moments as well. And her voice really held up. It did. For a woman who's in her mid-70s at that point, mm-hmm. mid to late 70s, 76 years old, I guess, when this yeah. came out last year. I mean, incredible. Good for, for her. Sure. For sure. Uh, so now is the part where we get to talk about Dolly and some facts about her. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, so I'm going to start because I think the 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 two other things kind of bleed together. Of so I'm going to start with all the six- of mine bleed together for later on. Good. I'm going to start with the six degrees. Now, with a woman who's come out with like 50 studio albums, I'm there's probably 
30 or 40 different six degrees of totem talks I could have pulled from. Absolutely. So I wanted to go a little bit left field. I love it. In 2003, there was an album, uh, basically a tribute album to Dolly Parton. Uh, that's called Just Because I'm a Woman, Songs of Dolly Parton, hmm. where multiple women came together to sing Dolly Parton songs, sure, famous sure. Dolly Parton songs. So you have Alison Krauss, who sang 9 to 5. Okay. Melissa Etheridge did uh, a version of Dolly's I Will Always Love You. Okay. Uh, and Joan Osborne did one, Shelby Lynn, Emmy Lou Harris, who mm. is good friends with Dolly. That makes the sense. The one that's the <laughs> six degrees, though, is track three on this album is The Grass is Blue, which was sung by Nora Jones. Oh, okay. That checks out for the time yeah. period. It makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So Very cool. A fun little Totem Talks, uh, Six Degrees, Nora Jones. Excellent. Now, getting into the highlights of Dolly's career, I think that I have a very specific reason for why this is a highlight. And it's I Will Always Love You, the song. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know it's it's kind of come out that Dolly wrote that song. And not that it was ever hidden, but I remember it being like rebrought up a few times. Like that's actually Dolly Parton's song. Sure, yeah. And it was. She recorded it in 1974, and it was actually written by her as like a goodbye to her like business partner and mentor, uh, Porter Wagoner, who was like the first person to give her a big break. Yeah. And they like worked together as like a duetting team for a while, and then she went off and pursued her solo career. Right. So the song, I mean, when she wrote it has, you know, did achieve success. Mm-hmm. It was popular. And it was so popular that Elvis Presley wanted to cover it and was going to cover it. What happened to him? So no, no, this isn't this isn't that oh, he okay. died. Okay. She was she was ready to sign it over for him to record a cover of it. Mm-hmm. And her and his manager was trying to get her to sign over half of the rights to the song, which Dolly doesn't do. Right. Dolly was very much like, I want to keep my songs that I write. I want yeah. to be, you know, I want to keep them and have control over them. Sure. So she turned down Elvis Presley. Good for her. And she, there was a quote, and I actually went and saved it because I wanted to make sure that yeah. I had it. So the quote that she gave for this was, I said, I'm really sorry, and I cried all night. I mean, it was like the worst thing. You know, it's like, oh, my God, Elvis Presley. And other people were saying, you're nuts. It's Elvis Presley. I said, I just can't do it. Something in my heart says, don't do that. And I didn't do it. He would have killed it. And then she finishes with, then when Whitney's did it, I made enough money to buy Graceland. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, I was just waiting for that part because she right. definitely held on to it. And it worked out in the long run. She held that. on to it. <laughs> And because she held on to it, she was able to give the song to Whitney for The Bodyguard, mm-hmm. maintain full creative rights to the song, right. and just make that. mountains of money because right. that song went diamond under Whitney Houston. Right. So, I mean, that has to be the career highlight. Yeah. She's, you know, she's written plenty of other great songs, Jolene, Little Sparrow, but the, the, the cojones on Dolly Parton it. to turn down the king. Right. And then hold it on Believe in Herself mm-hmm. and just make <laughs> mountains of money after that. You know, it's so funny that you brought up that she was getting ready to meet with an artist about covering one of her songs. When sure. that's like, literally, we just talked about that last week when Cat Stevens got yeah. like, kicked out of the United States when he tried to fly in from the UK. It was to meet with Dolly Parton. It happens. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people love to work with Dolly. or Indeed. And, and to stay in the country to do so, I guess. <laughs> so Carry on. Uh, I will carry on. There's one thing that I find very endearing, and I, I this is my unique thing about Dolly sure. Parton, and it's something that I think is unique especially for celebrities. Dolly Parton has been married to a man named Carl Dean since 1966. They are each other's first marriages and only marriages, and Carl Dean has managed to, for the entire length of their marriage, completely avoid the spotlight and fame in any way. Yeah, that's he, crazy managed like a construction company and still managed and and managed it for until he retired like was just like he managed a construction company and never goes to any events for with her and uh dolly has said that like basically in like the 70s i think around the the hair and everything became fake like she would put on wigs and stuff yeah so she could just go out in public with him 
and nobody uh, ever recognizes her. Uh, that's so cool. she's like, yeah, well, like, I, like, I just take off the wig and the makeup, and I'm just like a normal woman. Right. And we just go on normal. And I think that is so unique. I love it. That, that she has never tried to drag him into the spotlight. Sure. Is totally, you know, comfortable and confident. And also, I think it says a lot about her and her, like, set feminism in her way. Like, she literally just, if anything, makes her seem stronger. Like, she's never on anyone's arm. Mm-hmm. And just always by herself and always, you always think of Dolly. Right. So I, that's my unique part. Sure. And then... Uh, what I think of as her like big thing that I want to talk about her best moments is Dollywood. Okay, yeah. So Dollywood is a theme park that is Dolly Parton themed and is very successful. You know, a la yeah, Graceland, but more of a theme park than a museum. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love about Dollywood is she's made a lot of money off of it, don't get me wrong, but... She uses most of the profits of Dollywood to fund different charities, the biggest one being uh, the Imagination Library, which has given, I, th- I think it was something like 100 million books yep. to children. Mm-hmm. And she is like funding like cures, and she is funding as much as she can to, to cure childhood illiteracy. Yep. And gives books for free to children all over the world, all over the country. And I think that is just the coolest thing. That was like one of the few things that I actually knew about Dolly right. going into this. It's, yeah. It is absolutely amazing. And then the other quick one, this is just a little caveat here. In 2020, Dolly Parton donated uh, the first $500,000, I believe, uh, which was the reason the Moderna vaccine was able to be created so oh, fast. Oh, interesting. She was the first, like one of the first donors and oh, very cool. publicly encouraged donations. And because of her actual contribution and her like public contribution, they were able to get that vaccine out in time. She was one of the first people to get it. She covered Jolene, oh, really? uh, changing the words to vaccine <laughs> while she got the vaccine, like oh. encouraging people to get it. Yeah. And like the post was Dolly Parton gets like gets a taste of her own medicine. Oh, yeah, she sure, right, paid right. for it. Yeah. So just another little cool thing. Very cool. I dig it. And is that all? That's Those are my lists. All right. Well, it's time to move on to Waylon Jennings. Okay. Waylon Arnold Jennings, uh, who was born Wayland Arnold Jennings. Interesting. Just so you know. Uh, he is or was an American singer, songwriter, musician, and actor. And he's known for pioneering the outlaw movement in country music. Mm-hmm. And he was active from 1949 until 2001. And also then he unfortunately passed away career. in 2002. Right. Yes, a very sizable career from him. So we covered three albums. We started with Waylon at JD's, which came out in 1964. We followed it up with Oh Waylon. Oh Waylon, <laughs> which came out in 1977. Same year huh. as Dolly's yeah, second album. You're right. And then we closed things out with Closing In on the Fire from 1998. Yes. Cool. So I guess... It is your turn to talk about Waylon at JD's. Cool. So Waylon at JD's, very interesting for me. I really enjoyed it. My, I couldn't listen to the first song without cracking up so hard because, and a very specific reason. You've seen Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, or you have... I have not. Okay. So there is a song on that. Uh, that he sings that I was I was I was wondering who he was supposed to be hmm. and I had always thought you know because he's it's like a mixture of all those like biopics um, of yeah different stars like walk the line and all that mm-hmm. and so that song made me realize oh he's supposed to be Roy Orbison sure because crying yeah. is a Roy Orbison As, cover yeah. uh, it, well, and it, it sounds exactly like yeah. yeah but I hadn't heard it in a while uh, sure and I probably haven't really heard it and compared it to that before. Yeah. But for some reason, it clicked in my head when Waylon did it that Dewey Cox was Roy Orbison in that mm. scene. Because it sound, the song sounds exactly the same. Now, the first thing I noticed in this album was I really enjoyed Waylon's voice. Oh, okay. Like, I really enjoyed the, the style of his voice. Mm. I felt like it had a lot of range that I wasn't expecting. Sure. Just looking at like pictures of Waylon Jennings, I imagined a little bit of a deeper, yeah, of, less sure. emotive voice, mm-hmm. more country, more what I right. think of when I think of country. Absolutely. But there was a lot of 
high range, a good mix of range, which I really enjoyed, a good tone. One thing that did disappoint me on this album is, as is more typical, but we just had an artist who broke that trend, these are all covers. Exactly. These are all covers. They're good covers, but they're covers. Uh, so it's hard for me because we, like, I I want to say it's the norm, and it totally is the norm for early, mid, late 60s country for it to be covers and standards. But Dolly Parton just wrote basically her whole debut album. Yeah. So it's it's a rough moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed every song, though. I really did. I liked his cover of Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. It, mm-hmm. it yeah. stays by the trend that every song Bob Dylan writes is better when other people sing them. Like, for far and away every time. I love Bob Dylan's version of that song. I, I actually really enjoy right Bob Dylan's version. Favorite. It's one of my favorite versions of that song. It's it's one of my favorite songs. It's well, one of my favorite, of my favorite versions also when you band. cover this song. Oh, well, thank you. I really enjoy when you do this one. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. So Waylon at JD's, I really echo so much of what you're saying. My biggest disappointment was that he didn't write them. My thing, I, I thought that they were all pleasant to listen to. I will say the one thing that uh, I noticed that you didn't quite mention is... Uh, his approach to the melody of all of these songs, he genuinely does find a way to make all these covers his own just because he changes the vocal delivery just enough to make yeah. you go, oh, wait, that's different from the original version. Sure, and one. I definitely respect that. And Yeah, totally. Like I think that's kind of his thing, the way he's trying to make these versions of the songs his own is he finds subtle um, ways to just like slightly change up what we were expecting in the melody or you know the original is a pickup but he starts singing that line right on one and then like changes the delivery of a few of the words to make them to make it work you know he did that real Um, hard in the second album with one song yes messed with my brain when it was when i was doing it Mm -hmm. uh which i'm sure you'll talk about but i will i but listen i just i do agree with what you're saying i do want to be clear that if you go listen to this album musically they're not very different which is oh no which is definitely not the best sure. like it's not like he takes them and no. rearranges them we've no, had no, artists no, no, no. who do covers but it's like so vastly wildly different from the original yeah this is not that this is a subtle no. change as you mentioned totally um so anyway i'll go into old whalen old whalen which um had my favorite moment of the week hands down Okay. And that was on the second song, If You See Me Getting Smaller. The last minute of that song is an instrumental outro, and it kills. Like, it was the best minute of music we listened to this week. Just the instrumental outro was great. I I loved okay. the whole... I was like, oh my god, like, this is so cool. As I was driving into work one day listening to it, I was like, wow, like, that is the moment. But for whatever reason, it wasn't a vocal moment from either of these two singers, but I, I really liked that. I thought that was the sure. coolest thing. Now, I think it's important to say that this was, of course, the very first solo country artist album ever to go platinum in the United States. Um, and he also now has one writing credit. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he does. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I thought all these songs were pleasant to listen to. I thought his second album definitely, like, if you compare the change from one to two, I liked this a lot better than Dolly's second album. Um, although I was kind of disappointed. I looked at the track listening, and I was like, I think I'm going to kill myself. Does he cover an Elton John song? And then his song with that title is just not nearly as good as the Elton John one. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> you, you if you think you were disappointed, oh man, you I, know how much my, I love yeah, Elton. And that's one of my favorite <laughs> Elton songs, and I was of very excited. I, I saw that on the track listing and was like, so anticipating it i was counting down the minutes and that's like such a honky tonk country song from elton right it would be the perfect one for a country artist to cover it was it was yes i really worked hard to not let it color my opinion of this album right (laughs) because it was just so not what i wanted Uh, yeah Uh, okay so some positive stuff first off does this album include your six degrees or can i talk about what's on this album Oh, go right ahead Okay, good. So the first track is uh, Looking Back Texas, mm-hmm. which is the hit from this album. It was yeah. a reasonable hit for Waylon when it came out, and it started uh, some really good work with him and Willie Nelson, who co-vocals that with him. Right. 
So the co-lead vocals. So I mean, they worked on so many albums together. They were in the Highwaymen together. Like right. they've clearly been good friends for a long time. Yes, um, and it, it shows. It's a good song, and it's one of the reasons that became such a big hit is because of the two of them working together again. Mm-hmm. And the song that I was talking about, where like your trend, yep. and it was changed up just enough that uh, it ruined the rhythm my... of it. The way it started is yeah. wrong every Sweet time. Sweet Caroline, uh, what was he doing? I, <laughs> I was like. Okay, I'm like singing along because it's like the 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 verses are the same. And he waits like at least one or two full extra beats before he says "Sweet Caroline." In yeah, the like, and I'm just doing? like, "What are we doing? What's happening? Come on!" The rest of the stuff. Listen, I don't have any complaints. I agree with you that strictly sonically, it's probably a stronger album than Dolly's second one. Oh yeah. Although, again, have to give Dolly credit for writing for, more. Yeah, she wrote the songs, and he wrote one "Bell the Ball," which was. Fine. passable it's fine it was fine i i i looked what i had to look up which one he wrote right and it was fine it wasn't like it didn't immediately stick out it wasn't like the strongest song on the album it didn't suck none of the songs sucked right um i was interested in the the medley which mm-hmm. was uh that's all right mama and my baby left me which i feel like it's not that hard to mash up early elvis songs yeah no because a lot of them sound the same but it was it was interesting that it it existed. Sure. Again, I don't have too many bad things to say. It's it's kind of mid for me. Mm-hmm. This is where we're starting to escape the genre of country that I like. Yes. Uh, Outlaw country, I think, was interesting when it came out. Like the concept of like, ooh, like I'm against the law, like all that stuff. Although, again, Johnny Cash, you know, I get it. He pioneered outlaw country, mm-hmm. but like Johnny Cash did it in the fifties. He just was outlaw country because he broke the law while performing country. <laughs> <laughs> so literally. Well, uh, Waylon Jennings also broke a lot of law. So <laughs> yes, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Law. <laughs> I'm sure we will discuss. I'm sure yeah. you will discuss on your. I will your your speeches of him as we get as we finish this. But I'll take us into closing in Please. on the fire. This album came out in 1998. It was very near the end of his. A career and unfortunately life it was vocally better than expected sure i will say that for how old he was for his time period for the life that i know him to have led right his and the voice fact really that his up. entire system of sinuses at this point had been replaced by crystallized cocaine pretty much <laughs> uh i am it was it was good vocally we definitely are in the in the categories of like a little cheesy, a little a little weird in places. Mm-hmm. So this is an album of songs that are written by other people mostly. Although mostly. it does feature out of all the albums we did the most Jennings with three tracks, I believe. Uh, I'll double check, but that sounds about right. I believe, yeah, I believe it's three. He also performed on this album with a few different people. So Travis Tritt was on one. Uh, Cheryl Crow and Mark Knopfler were on one. Uh, I believe Mark was just on guitar for that, though. Right. Uh, Jesse Coulter, who was his wife, wife. uh, was on one. So there was was a decent chunk of assists on this album. Right. And it was an interesting album, to be sure, but not probably one that I'm going to revisit. Other than, like, the closing out of his career, Mm -hmm. I feel like it didn't offer that much for me personally. Sure, I totally get it. Um, I think there were there were good things and bad. One thing I liked about this record overall is I felt like it was bluesier than it was country, uh, which was a, a change up from his other work, which was just nice to hear sure. uh, a shift in, in musical direction. Um, I do think that a, a lot of the songs early on felt weak, um, but the song that he, he wrote himself and duetted with his wife uh, just watch your mom and me was like a really beautiful song to his children, essentially yes. about like, you know, I know I'm nearing the end of my life, but just here's the example that we're trying to set for you. This is what we want for you in life like that. I thought that was genuinely like one of the best reflective looking back on life type songs from an older artist like this that we've had. Sure. Um, so I thought that was really good. What I thought was really kind of, unexpected and strange was his cover of no expectations so yes it if was you don't know that weird. song it's 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 one of my favorite stone songs from one of my favorite stones albums beggar's banquet 
And it was the Stones at their countryest. Like, it is a slow, acoustic country song. Like, this was kind of the, the area in their career when they were most influenced by American country. And I love it. And this is like a, his version is a 10 minute long. The original is like three and a half. This is a 10 minute long, like up and Adam running all the way. And I'm like, this is not the song. That is, I mean, I guess the lyrics are the same, but like, this is a whole completely different thing. And I don't know that I like it because I love the original so much uh, that that didn't exactly do it for me. Um, But other than that, like I said, like positives, uh, just watch your mama and me and a little bit of a change to the blues, your sound negatives. There were definitely like just some weaker tracks on here and not much really other than that one track that I feel needs to be revisited at all. So I guess that, uh, that wraps us up. So I'm going to start talking about all these other things. Give us some, uh, give us some Waylon Jennings. I'm going to be really honest with you. It's hard to put the, like everything could have been the other thing. They're sure. all so intimately related. Like the unique could have been the six degrees and the six degrees could have been the low light and the low light could have been the the nicest thing or like the meanest thing or like they all could have gone together. Sure. So I'm just going to kind of start throwing facts out at you and you will categorize them all willy nilly. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to give you that he was a really nice guy. Do you know how I can prove to you that he was a really nice guy? How can you prove to me that he was a really nice guy? He was on tour once. Um, back okay. in the late fifties, and one of the guys he was touring with um, was about to get back on the tour bus. Like it, it was not a nice bus at the time, and he was ill with the flu. Uh, and there was also a plane, and so he he was like, "You can have my seat on the plane, and and yeah. I'll sit on the bus because you're ill." And that guy that he was on tour with was the big bopper, and that plane yeah. crashed, and it was cause was the day the music died. And Waylon Jennings was literally if he didn't do what he thought was a nice thing for the big bopper, just trying to to help a guy who was, was sick out. He would have died in that crash instead. And the like music history would have looked a lot different in many ways. Yes. So, Uh. (laughs) yeah. So there's that. Um, I mean, that is so true. Is that, is that the six degrees? Is that a low light? Is that right? It's the night I had it originally as the low light of his career, because I mean that happening the day that like, that is what caused all of the rest of his problems. Like he was so stricken with guilt. Yeah, there was a lot. I remember when we did that episode, I said like one of the things that he said was like that has haunted him for his whole life. For his whole life. He he could never get past it. And it was one of the biggest reasons behind his issues with drugs and alcohol, which would plague him for decades and and like completely ruin his life for, for so much of it. Um, all all goes back to that and how he lost his friends. Now, what's un- very unique about him, and I couldn't find a complete list of all of the people who fall into this category, but very much related to that, Waylon Jennings was, um, well, he was he was gaining popularity before he was anything. Um, he was gaining popularity as a, as a local DJ in Texas. Um, and he was writing jingles and he was doing little things for the radio station back when like that was really the medium of entertainment and DJs were big personalities and it was really important to have a good DJ at your station, that kind of thing. Uh, so he was noticed by Buddy Holly's father and he essentially brought Buddy to meet Waylon and Buddy was trying to get into producing other artists at the time. Okay. And so Buddy Holly, the very first artist that he ever produced was Waylon Jennings. That is awesome. Um, and then of course he recruited him to be the bassist in the crickets for his, um, winter dance store yeah yeah which so we yeah we all know how that goes yes we do so uh those are those are maybe unique and nicest or or whatever you'll you'll do with those (laughs) they're all facts yes now i'll try to go just in order of the way things happen from here on out so this might be his low light in 1977 he was arrested by the dea for a package of 27 grams of cocaine uh, and then estimates throughout the 80s um, have put him at spending $1,500 a day to maintain his cocaine habit, which is, in, in terms of inflation, modern day is more like $4,500. Now, I've never purchased cocaine. I understand that drugs can be expensive, but I have to imagine that a modern day equivalent of $4,500 a day of cocaine would would kill a small horse. <laughs> It can't be good. It can't be good. Can't be good. 
Yeah, I don't even know what to do with it. It's just, whew. Well, I, it's, it's ironic. It's funny. So I'm, I'm reading along with you. Sure. And I, am, I was interested. So he basically started doing amphetamines while living with Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash. as we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, you know, and so more credence to the whole outlaw country thing yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. You lived with Johnny. You did drugs with Johnny. Right. Fair enough. Not that now, drugs are good. Drugs sure. are bad. Okay. So uh, for Six Degrees. Waylon is credited as being on a song with artists such as Diana Ross, Willie Nelson, Daryl Hall, Ray Charles, and Cindy Lauper. Do you have any idea what song credits all of those artists? At the I same would time? assume it's "We Are the World," and you would be correct. Yeah, I was like, you, it's gotta be. But what you might not know about "We Are the World" is this: Waylon Jennings may technically still be on the record in the chorus. But he walked out in the middle of the session. He got in a huge <laughs> argument with Stevie Wonder about whether or not they should have one line of the song in Swahili. And Waylon okay. was dead set against it. Reasons not not given in my research. I don't know if it had anything to do with like the ability of people to sing it properly, whether he thought it was pandering, whether he thought it might like negatively impact the sales and therefore the you know donation. I don't know what the reason was, but he just walked out. He just quit. Interesting. He just straight up quit, walked out of the studio in the middle of We Are the World. Wow. Over one line in the song being in Swahili. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> that seems like a weird hill to die on, but okay. It does, doesn't it? But don't worry, because his highlight of his career didn't come until the year 1997, the year before his last record Okay, came yeah. Because in order to, uh, dem- to be a good father and to demonstrate the value of education to his son, he went back to school to get a GED at the age of 60. He earned his GED. To, okay. uh, you know what? To, Good for him. Yeah. To prove the value of, of an education to a son, specifically for uh, for Shooter. Yeah. Get old. Get old. First off, Shooter Jennings is such a cool name. It is, it's a pretty cool name. <laughs> it's a pretty cool name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like, really good for him. Yeah. So that's, I think, everything that I mentioned. That that covers all yeah, of our that's bases. A lot. I mean, that's quite a lot. I thought so. Uh, I think maybe we just start grading then. I Do you have anything else you want to say? I don't. I don't right, want to ever speak em. again. All right. Cultural impact. Like we're looking at two good scores. I think yeah. it's pretty clear who's going to be the best of them. And it's going to be Dolly Parton. It's going to be Dolly Parton. Yeah. It's Waylon has. Here's the way that I look at the two of them. Mm-hmm. Waylon has done a decent amount, but had a lot done around him. Sure. You know, Buddy Holly recruiting him, blood like things happening, the winter p- dance party, the big crash. Like mm-hmm. Dolly has like been the catalyst for a lot of things and change sure. throughout her life. And like to be fair, to get noticed by someone like that, you have to be working your butt off and, sure. and doing oh, all the right things. Definitely not knocking Waylon at all. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think the two of the I mean, we're talking two high scores. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I the like I don't know where we want to go. But for Dolly Parton, I would be okay with like a nine for sure. Easy. I mean, I think yeah, so. I just be. if you just look at Dolly's like thresholds, she's sure. she's passed a lot of the the thresholds that we give 100%. in terms of f- the floor of artists. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's mm-hmm. in the Grammy Hall of Fame. She's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. She's at, like a nine. Yeah. I think fits. Oh, totally. I mean, for- I I would be okay with like. A little bit above a nine too, honestly. and I'm 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 thinking the number that I had in my head before we did this because I the way that we are doing this nowadays, which I think mm-hmm. is better for the two of us, yeah, is I research one and you research the other, and yeah. so we kind of exchange that live. Mm-hmm. So I did the research for Dolly, and the number that I had for her is a nine point three, and I love it. Yeah, I think I'd be happy to give you that. a ton of stuff for her, and we'll get into some of her uh, awards and stuff as we go sure yeah so Waylon I think is also got to be considerably over the average here I mean he is definitely a country legend if you you take a look he's in the Texas Music Hall of Fame the Country Music Hall of Fame the Guitar Center Rock Walk Um, he was ranked number seven by Rolling Stone on their list of the top 100 country artists of all time and like I mentioned before he's also done a lot of high profile side projects studio albums with people like Billy Nelson or the Highwaymen with Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson uh, playing in the crickets. I mean, yeah, it's hard to be more influential than the crickets. Um, so, I mean, all those things I think definitely are are putting us to 
a significantly above average score, but not in the Dolly Parton sphere. I'm thinking like a full 1.3 to 1.5 below. Like I'm thinking the high sevens, low eights for Waylon. I was thinking right around a seven nine to an eight myself. I think I think there's a ton of things for Waylon Jennings, uh, the Outlaw Country movement, uh, uh, just name recognition. If you think of that classic country, Waylon Jennings does come right to mind. He's going to be one of the first three or four names you think of. Yeah, so I think giving him an eight would be fine. All right, let's do it. Rest of work, we've got two artists who are going to be starting out on the six point seven point threshold here um, because they are over like. All points are the same after 31 albums. Right. Which is incredible for yes. both of them to have that. Absolutely. Uh, Dolly's sold 100 million records. So Which would be another gonna, point, right? Yeah. And we do every 50 million as a, another half point. As, as a guaranteed point, yeah. yeah. So I think that's got to put her to at least uh, a 7.7. 7. Yeah. I would be okay going a little bit over that on the 100 million sales. I think the 50s are like the mandatory bumps. Yes, but I would be okay with her number being closing in on an eight. Like I'm going to give her a point one. I'm going to be honest right here. I give her nothing for two of her albums. I like the first one enough that I'll give her a point one. Sure, and I'll tell you what. I mean, I my plan is to give her a point two then because I do want to give her point one for Hello I'm Dolly. But I think even though we didn't get a chance to specifically sure. listen to them for this, yeah, Jolene, I will always love you. Right. I really love this on Little Sparrow. A lot of really good Dolly Parton songs. And a ton of really good writing from sure. her. I, so, I'd be willing to give an overall 8.1 or 8.2 then. Let's give her an 8.1. She's got it. Breath of Work. So, again, we're starting at a 6.7 for Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Having a little bit of a tougher time finding out exactly how many records he sold. Mm-hmm. I know it is at least 15 million in the U.S., um, but I don't know that I can figure out any more than that. So we might just have to go with the assumption that he sold about 15 million records. Um yeah, I'd be willing to give him a 6.9 or a 7 um, based on that and a starting point of 6.7. And again, I think this is an artist I'd be willing to give 0.1 to myself. Sure, and I think I would also give him a, a 0.1. I think that I, I really enjoyed the listening itself and like his mm-hmm. voice on at least the first two albums. And that's where I kind of am done. He didn't yeah. write a lot from what yeah, we Yeah, exactly. So again, I'm at like a 7, maybe a 7.1. Sure. Uh, and then we've got instrumental talent. And we've got, we've got interesting ones. Like, I'm going to be honest. Dolly Parton's voice is is an acquired taste. It's just so out of left field. Because she sure. sounds like a kid, little kid singing in an adult's body. Sure. I understand that. Like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. But it's like a, just like strange. It's an acquired taste, I guess. Yeah. I can get that. Now... I need to look up specifically how many instruments Dolly plays. It's a lot. It's a number bigger than you'd think it is. So talk about sure. Waylon for a second. Sure, yeah. Um, and and I have similar things to say about, like, Waylon. I think you might have liked his voice a little bit more than I did. Um, he's a solid musician. Uh, he can certainly play his instruments, and he was versatile. You know, he's known as a guitarist, but he played bass for the crickets. He was recruited to that. So he can do a few different things. Um so I'd probably be like slightly above a five for Waylon if that counts for anything. Did that help you? That did. That did. So I can tell you that Dolly Parton plays at least 10 instruments. So she plays the guitar. She plays the banjo, auto harp, fiddle, mandolin, a few other ones on top of them, but all in that area. Sure. So uh, on top of singing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be your foil here for a minute. None of those things appeared on the records we listened to. Oh, she I'm was not talking... only a vocalist. Like, I don't necessarily want to give her points for being able to play instruments if she's never been able to play them on one of her records. You know, like I want to give her the grade for what the talent is shown in her discography. And if she's never played guitar on a record on that she's ever put out, I don't think she gets guitarist points. I find that hard to believe. I do. I can't name an exact album no, because I mean, there's I don't 53 know that, of them. Right. Like, I could just go check like five more at random and see if she's ever credited for, for actually playing on them. But yeah, everyone I mean, maybe, that we... I'm, again, I'm not arguing for crazy points here. Uh, I would not... I don't think there's a, a need to. I'm not... Sure. But I definitely think that it's an interesting fact. Maybe gives her, you know, a point one or point two overall. Okay. Of like 20... I mean, ten. I'm seeing anywhere from 10 to 20 instruments. Sure. Which is and just a wild say, number to play. I did just check like a 60s record, a 90s record, and a 70s record. And again, she is 
only credited sure. as vocals, not credited for playing any instruments actually on her record. Yeah, definitely more of a a factual aside other than like arguing yeah. for uh, crazy points. Let me put you this way. I would be okay being slightly over five for both of them. I think Waylon's score needs to be higher. I'm okay with that. I think Waylon uh, holds up a little more to the masses potentially. Yeah. Uh, I, I do really enjoy his vocal, uh, mostly on the first album. Each album I liked a little less yeah, of his vocal, I and I, maybe it was more of the surprise of it, mm-hmm. but I was not expecting that like high Roy Orbison sound throughout mm-hmm. the album, Yeah, and I think he did really well. Sure. So, I mean, I think we're looking at like maybe like a 5-3 and a 5-2. Sure. I can do that. Yeah. I mean, they're both close. They're both above average. That's about it. All right. Songwriting here. Here we separate the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, Dolly wrote her songs or at least wrote half of the songs on the records. She's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And Waylon did not. Did not. Do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's a difference. And I mean, Dolly Parton also wrote one of the most famous songs of all time. Sure. So you got to give her that credit. I know Whitney... Whitney's version is what people recognize, but Definitely. that's Dolly Parton's words. That's Dolly Parton's original song. Sure. Got to give her that credit. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely, like, I'm going to be honest. I'm not super impressed by the later work. I'm not super impressed by, like, sure. the mid-career work. I did like her songwriting on the first album. I'm not, like, thinking a super high score here. I'm not thinking below average, but I'm not thinking out of the fives either. For for songwriting, yeah, interesting. I guess I mean they I were guess, they all oh. seem like very plain country songs to me, which were at times like on the last record moments of. Uh... Interesting. I'm I might be a little higher than you. I'm not I'm not like insanely higher than you, but I just think that there was enough difference and catchiness. And again, even though we like songs like Jolene and songs like I Will Always Love You, like. I think they're adding some. Again, I'm not arguing sure. like a, a seven or a nine, but like maybe like a higher five, like maybe like closer to like a five, seven, a five, eight. Sure. I'll, I'll leave it. Waylon, okay. like there's evidence that he has written some songs on some of his records, but just not very many. No. I mean, we saw three on the one that there was the most writing on. Exactly. And, then and one to be fair the- to him, he's put out you know, 45 records or whatever it is. I'm sure if he was writing two or three songs on each one of those records, like he's, he's definitely written uh, a sure. decent number, but it's not enough to get him more than like, in my opinion, like a two. And that's kind of what I was thinking <laughs> as well. I mean, if you look, we did three albums out of what a proposed like 40, what 40 something. Yeah. So we cover, we found four Waylon Jennings songs mm-hmm. out of three albums. Multiply that. <laughs> Exactly. So we're looking at like, what, maybe 40 total songs by Waylon Jennings out of 40 albums. It's not a lot. Right. And and the vast majority of his records are like throughout time are the same way. I've just been checking. He's mostly not writing them. Which is which is fine. It's a you know, Waylon Jennings had a great career. We're not knocking him. Yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't write songs. So he's going to get a low score here. I think a two is generous, but okay. Yep. Uh, and we're going into Poetic Town, and I have similar feelings about both of these artists uh, for both of these things. I'm a little higher for Dolly. Dolly, I I like the way that Dolly Parton writes. I it, it is not it's not like the most deep. I will say that, and I know that I'm not I'm not arguing for it to be like deep poetry. Sure, but I think Dolly does a good job, especially we both said it on the first album of like. You know, making fun of herself a little bit, giving that humor, especially at like early 20s, like sure. knowing the humor, but also being able to be emotional. Yeah. And I think she does that well. And I think she continued to do that well. I think in that in the second album we listened to, there maybe was a little bit less humor, but it showed another one of Dolly's strengths to me, which is the ability to simplify complex emotion. Okay. And I do think that's one of the reasons that Dolly Parton is so successful. She's able to take these emotional concepts of like an unrequited love or like a lost love or something along those lines and just shrink those feelings down to the point where anybody can relate to it. And what I think want? that's a strength. I'm a, I would argue for a six. I already typed it in. Nice. That's I think that's perfect. Waylon Jennings. 
Here's the thing. Not a lot of writing. <laughs> Not a lot, Not of, a lot writing. of writing. But what song did I talk about more than any of the other songs in this And I, I think it was, I, I think agree a with super you. well written. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be willing with that to let him have another two points here. Sure. I, I think that's totally fine. And just to reiterate, you're talking about just watch your mom and me. Correct. The song he wrote with Jesse Coulter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or to sing with Jesse Coulter. Right. Okay. X Factor. I think we're still in business here. I think both of these artists are getting some. <laughs> yeah, I think they are. <laughs> so go ahead, Dolly. I mean, I mean, Dolly, just a few of Dolly's career achievements to talk about here. Her overall awards and honors uh, we're talking 11 Grammys out of like 52 nominations. She's one of the best selling female artists of all time. Uh, she has been nominated, has not won but is one of the few artists to be nominated for an EGOT total. Mm-hmm. Uh, she won Grammys. I don't believe she did not win any Academy Awards. Uh, she has two Hollywood stars on the Walk of Fame. Sure. Uh, one for her solo career and one as a trio. So she has won Miss Magazine's Woman of the Year. She is one of very few female artists to win uh, Country Music's Artist of the Year. Sure. That did not happen a whole ton. I believe it's like her, Reba, and like one or two other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many more things. She's ranked number four on country music and CMT's 40 greatest women of country music. Wow. And I, I mean, loved. I could go on and on forever. She has a whole list of Hall of Fame honors. Sure. Uh, again, yeah. as mentioned, she's in, she's in the Grammy Hall of Fame three separate times. That's, that's pretty impressive. For I Will Always Love You, her recording, for Jolene, her recording, and for... Coat of Many Colors, and she is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though she originally turned down the nomination, because she, remember when we had the debate, like, what is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Is it rock and roll or is it music? She was like, I'm not a rock singer. I don't. And then basically, everybody was like, Dolly, please, you're way more qualified than some people in the Hall of Fame. Fair. And so she eventually accepted it. Very cool. How many points do you want to give her? I think everything I just said is probably worth two points. And you got it. All right. So Waylon's got a, a few things here to be mentioned. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, one, we've said it five times already, but like you got to something about being on the winter dance, to, winter party dance tour or whatever it is. Like his he was direct in involvement he was this in close to being yeah. in the day the music died. Um, he left that to go on to be like one of the founding voices of outlaw country with johnny cash and willie nelson like he's one of the most important people in that movement he was one of the um artists on the compilation album one of the outlaws which was the very first album to go platinum uh the very first country album to go platinum ever he is the first country artist to ever sell a um platinum album on his own and we haven't mentioned this uh i mean he was also in the dukes of hazard yeah like that That's was a true. pretty that was a pretty big television show. That was oh yeah, we didn't even thing. talk about Dolly's. I like, mean, he's Oscar nominated film career either. I didn't even know that she was in a movie. She was in multiple movies. I believe you. Yeah, but I mean, that's I mean, Dukes of Hazard. He was also uh, he did some stuff on like Sesame Street and stuff at the time, and he has a a nice little filmography is to go with his discography. Yeah. So what do what are you thinking point wise? I don't know. All of that, I think, is is pretty similar to what we gave Dolly. I think he's got to be uh, he's got to be closing in on that too. Um, yeah, I could I could totally see giving him a two. All right, I think well all then, of that combined. Well, um, then all of that combined gives us final scores. Real quick, just because sure. we did mention some of Waylon's film credits, it's hard to not mention that Dolly Parton her big film break was the the film Nine to Five, which is very famous. Oh, they made her, a movie out of that song. <laughs> her, uh, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin. Uh, we're all stars in that. I've heard of that. Going that on names. to become a very successful musical and huh. is... Who'd have known? Yeah, I, a lot of people, which is Not why me. I wanted to talk about it. Uh, she also was, I believe she won, was it a Golden Globe for... She won an award for the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas with Burt Reynolds. I've heard I know of it. that. It was nominated... Uh, it was nominated for a couple awards, and yeah, I believe it was the Golden Globe that she won. I believe you. Uh, and then, of course, most famously, uh, other than Steel Magnolias, which is very famous. Which I've also never in seen. In 2011, she starred in the film Nomeo and Juliet. And haven't seen that <laughs> one either. So her entire filmography has eluded me. I mean, Nomeo and Juliet is not 
that's not, not. I'm not the target audience. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Especially who was. not eleven. <laughs> I don't know who was the target audience yeah. for Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, final scores here. They Give go. us some scores. Coming in second place today with a grand total of twenty six point four. Thank you. I've I've been trained to only give out the the name after that. Uh, it's Waylon Jennings. I think we all knew where that was coming when one person yeah. wrote their songs and the other one didn't. Yes. Even though things were close before that. Uh, so Waylon Jennings, 26.4, second place. Dolly good Parton score. beat him by 10, 36.4. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Very good. You have to repeat that number. I was yeah, so it was a It was a 36.4, so she won by exactly 10 points. A well-deserved victory for of Dolly. It, I mean, honestly, Dolly Parton is one of those people that... I enjoy some of her music, don't get me wrong, but who Dolly Parton is as a person Much is just enjoyable so enjoyable yeah. to me. All of the philanthropy she's done, all of the charity work she has done, her dedication to like not caring about fame and just mm-hmm. using the fame for good is yeah. just, it's exactly what I wish could happen so much more often. Sure. So kudos to Dolly. Congratulations for the win. Uh, you're welcome on any episode to talk Absolutely. about it at any point in time ever. Of course. Uh, we promise that we will <laughs> we will dedicate any amount of time to talk to you. Yeah. You would oh, be willing absolutely. to talk to us. Uh, and uh, I think uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. So come this back was, next week. Yeah. Come back we're next week. We're going from strength to strength here. So we hit country this week. Next week, we're going into the thing that I love the most, hair metal. <laughs> Which... I'm the, I'm I am unironically excited for next week's uh, episode. <laughs> I, am, I am not going to be a happy serious. boy. <laughs> but listen, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody, and make sure you're tuning in every week to Totem Talks. Make sure you're liking, commenting, and subscribing, and all of that good fancy free stuff. And while you're listening, and while you're listening along with us, have a great day. <laughs>